Hello, and welcome to another bonus episode of Book Faces Live, the show where we talk to the faces behind books. Today, um, I am doing a special uh, takeaway episode. Uh, I had some pretty good feedback from episode 41, which was uh, me basically doing the my personal takeaways from the Novelist Inc. conference. And there was a lot of great content there to share. And there are frequently opportunities when I run across great information, and it's um, nice to be able to share that information directly. Uh, of course, we get lots of great content from interviews, from, from guests, and there's lots of material that way, but um, some people have expressed an interest in getting some more of these solo episodes uh, provided they're providing good content and um, good writing advice or, or technical tips. So this particular episode will be uh, primarily focused on uh, Rachel Aaron's book, which is uh, 2K to 10K, which is uh, a book I just recently read. I've had it on my Kindle for a long time, and I've managed, I've attempted it previously, but um, it happened to hit me recently as a very, uh, it was just an apropos time for me to read it because I have been dealing with a particular issue, which as you uh, may have remembered, if you did watch the Novelist Inc. Takeaway uh, conference episode, I identified that one of my own personal major takeaways from the conference was that I needed to just produce more. Um, that the, the majority of the people that are doing really well in the publishing space, and the majority of the authors at Novelist Inc., for example, are folks who have a lot of books. They have, when I sat down with them, they would have 30 books, 50 books, 100 books, lots of books. So there's only so much you can do with your author business with a, with a low amount of books. Um, instead of waiting around for one particular book to skyrocket and hit the top of the charts and make you a bestseller, um, that's very difficult to reproduce that type of, uh, thing without, you know, having other factors involved. The factors that you can control are a better thing to, to concentrate on. So I've been looking for ways to basically control uh, my own output and improve on that. So one of the things that I wanted to do was um, take a chance to dive into uh, Rachel Aaron's 2K to 10K, um, which is how to writing faster, writing better, and writing more of what you love, which the subtitle says it all. That's exactly what I wanted. Um, and the book delivered 100%. I have posted a link to the book in the comments, just so everyone knows, I am not an affiliate in any way. I don't have any particular uh, vested interest in Rachel's book, other than the fact that I read it, I enjoyed it, it applied to me at a, at a really great time, and I've gotten a lot of great takeaways from the book. So I'm going to do a little bit of a, uh, a breakdown of some of the things that influenced me specifically from this book, and I hope that they can be helpful to other writers who are also trying to write better, write faster etc. Um, I highly recommend that you read the book, of course, on your own and, and check it out. Like I said, I provided a link. And in honor of the uh, guests this week, we've got um, Dan Wood from Drafted Digital coming on on Wednesday. So I've provided a universal book link, compliments of Drafted Digital, which will take you to any digital store. So if you click on the link to Rachel's book, uh, you can t shop at any um, retailer of your choice. And um, that was also partly in honor of the second guest this week, which will be um, we're going to get, uh, actually straight from, from the, uh, the horse's mouth for, from Kobo, we're getting Chrissy Monroe, who's coming in on Friday to tell us about Kobo Writing Life. So it's going to be a fun week of episodes, um, and I just thought in honor of them, I'll make sure that I, I use some of the features 
that they highlight, uh, especially Universal Book Links. And if you want to go buy buy from Kobo, uh, you'll have the opportunity. But in any case, so let me get into some of the the meat of what we're going going doing here. Um, if anyone's watching and you have questions, you have comments, anything you want to contribute to the conversation, please feel free. That is the, the point of these live episodes: is that you can you know comment and ask questions. And I always appreciate that, especially in these episodes where it's me talking and uh, if it's just me, I, I can you know actually go a lot better if I get some interaction and, and commentary from, from folks who are watching. So I would appreciate that if you'd at least say hello, even if you don't have a comment or a question, say hi. Let me know you're watching. So, all right, without too much further ado, I will uh, jump into my takeaways from 2K to 10K, uh, Rachel Aaron's fantastic book. All right, so as I mentioned, my, one of my particular issues or goals was trying to increase my writing speed. And I have looked into some other solutions to this. Um, one of the things that I have tried out recently was I jumped into dictation. I went ahead and, and bought Dragon Dictate for Mac and have been working on uh, dictating because I am a slow typist. And I thought, well, maybe part of my production speed could be my slow typing. And then, uh, but then after starting dictating, I realized that I'm almost equally slow at dictating. So, uh, it's, the issue is not with dictating. I knew that the problem was somewhere else. The problem is actually with me processing the story onto the page. Uh, it's not the transmission of getting that onto the page. So I realized that was not the issue. Um, so I wanted to find ways. While dictation is a great tool for increasing your speed, it wasn't the particular one that I needed right now. So uh, one of the things that I did discover um, was via Rachel's book, was what she describes as knowledge. This is going to sound overly simplified, but it is absolutely true and something that I was actually having an issue with, which is um, you should know what you're writing before you write it. And this seems like a no-brainer, but a lot of us as writers are um, writing as we go. Even though I have transformed myself, I thought, into an outliner, um, I no longer considered myself a seat-of-the-pants type writer, I realized that when it came down to individual scenes in the book, I was still basically pantsing my way through individual scenes. I may have broken out the entire extended synopsis of the book, and I know what scenes I'm generally going to write and the, the basic things that are going to happen um, throughout that story, but I wasn't getting detailed enough. When I sat down to dictate or to write or to do writing sprints, which is another, uh, of course, great tool for increasing your speed, I wasn't accurately... Uh, it, I wasn't able to get the information out fast enough because halfway through the scene, I would have to sit there and think about how I was going to get character from point A to point B, etc. And by doing some of that legwork in advance, I can solve that problem. I'm still slowing down the, the process because in Rachel's book, one of the things she points out, the most inefficient time to be trying to figure out what you're writing is right in the middle of writing you should have that stuff sort of nailed down. So understanding what you're writing before you write it is one of those areas that I think doesn't get a lot of uh, glamour uh, from writing. You know, wh Whether you're talking about craft books or, or just people discussing things on podcasts, they don't often stop and talk about the time they just sat there thinking, not writing, um, but processing through what was going to happen in the story. And I think that's something that doesn't get enough love, and it should. Um, in Rachel's book, she describes that as one part of her knowledge triangle, essentially. 
uh, the, the parts of her, her triangle are knowledge, time, and enthusiasm. And we'll get into that um, a little bit more. So um, knowledge for her, one of the tools to solve this particular dilemma of knowing what you're writing before you write it was one of her key takeaways was to spend five minutes of every writing session just planning what to write. She says she will spend no less than five minutes minimum prior to writing, just sitting there thinking about what she's about to write. She says that this this one particular method was one of the things that helped her increase her word counts exponentially during her writing sessions. So just by enacting that, that five minute rule prior to every sit down, sit down, make sure you spend minimum of five minutes thinking about what you're gonna write before you start writing. Okay, so that's something that I plan to uh, implement right away. Uh, whether I'm dictating, whether I'm typing, whatever it might be, I'm gonna spend that five minutes every session, every time my butt gets in the chair, spend five minutes planning it out. Okay, um, another thing that she discussed in her knowledge triangle is time. Time being um, not just the time we spend in the chair, but also how we record that time. She talks about how if you are running a business and you're trying to operate your, your book writing as a business, as you should, it would be very um, unlikely for most businesses to not track their accountability, to not track their progress. So when you sit down to write, uh, make a note of a few things. You know, when you started, uh, when you finished, what your word count was for that particular session, where you were writing, maybe what time of day, etc. So that you can accumulate some data and then look back on it and say, okay, um, I, I am clearly the most efficient writing in the morning, or I am the most efficient writing in the afternoon, or, or in her case, she says, I'm the most efficient when I'm writing not in my house, i.e. not connected to the internet. She would like to go to some place where she doesn't have internet and she can't be distracted. And by tracking her word counts and tracking the locations and times of when she got those particular word counts, she was able to look at the overview and say, ah, this is my most efficient writing time. This is my most efficient writing location. If I can increase the amount of time I spend writing in that spot, I will therefore increase my overall productivity. Okay. David says, great insight. Interesting about the dictation I've been using the story grid to help outline and the fool's cap to stay on target. I totally get not having a map to work from. Yeah, it's it's challenging. Um, that's a great comment, David. Yeah, and a story grid is another one that's a great outlining method. But if you don't have the structure in your mind before you start writing, you know it's much more difficult to connect those dots because it's just you're you're kind of wandering in the fog in the middle. You might have a, a checkpoint along the way that you know you have to hit, but you can't get from here to there. Um, it helps have those little beats laid out and make sure that you know your scenes are working efficiently. This is something that she also talks about in the book. So we'll get into that in a second. Um, so yeah, so record your progress, word count, date, start, stop times, location. So good tool for increasing your your um, your writing. So one of the other things she says is, which is a big takeaway, the best way to write faster is to eliminate days when you are not writing. Um, she says that increasing her word count wasn't nearly as uh, efficient as just reducing the days that when she wasn't writing. So she got so much faster just by becoming, you know, just writing more often and uh, basically controlling, getting rid of the hindrances to writing, which is something else that um, we, she gets into. And she talks about that when, with a third element of her knowledge triangle, which was enthusiasm. So in addition to having, knowing what you're going to write, um, tracking your time and, and understanding when you're the most efficient, 
You need to be enthusiastic about the particular scenes and chapters that you're writing. She was able to identify, uh, she says, the days when I broke 10K were the days when I was writing scenes I've been dying to write since I planned the book. They were the candy bar scenes. And this kind of gets back to uh, what I discussed the other day during the Nink episode with Jennifer Barnes' amazing talk on the id and sort of um, the idea of um, title words and, and these sort of words that connect with our our core instincts. There are certain elements of our story that resonate with us and they resonate with the readers as well. And they're the things that got us excited about writing in the first place. The whole reason we came up with this story was because of these particular scenes. And by working on those scenes, she said she always wrote faster. She wrote more. She had um, days when she was writing exponentially more than others because she was so excited about the scene. So if you have days when you're just dreading it and you're sitting down in the seat and being like, man, what is wrong with me? Why can't I get my button gear and get these words out? Identify the problem. The problem is you're not enthusiastic about this particular scene. Why? And ask, ask yourself that question. What is it that's about this scene that I'm not excited about? And how do you make yourself excited about this? So uh, one of the things you can do is go back and sort of look at the elements, um, you know, that your, your personal id list, you know, what are the things that excite you about books? What are the things that excite you about this particular story, these particular characters? Can you amp that up in this scene? Can you add something new to this scene that wasn't there before that makes you now excited about it and makes you excited to write it? If you don't have those things in your scene, you shouldn't be writing it. Just either skip to one you're excited about or, or, or fix it, then start writing. Because don't spend your time grinding your way through some boring scene because at the end, guess what? Those are the ones you're going to have to cut anyway. You're going to have to revise that or edit that later on. So why write a grind of a scene if, if that you know, if you don't have to. Um, so she says, if you don't feel like writing, ask why. Fix the problem with your story that is preventing you from enjoying it. Okay, so I thought that was um, an excellent, excellent tip. Okay, um, and she says, when every day when I was writing out my description of what I was going to write for, for the knowledge component of the triangle, she would play the scene over in her head and find the thing that was the most exciting to her uh, and make sure that that was there. So she kind of plays out the scene in her mind during that five-minute prep time and just thinks through it, what's going to happen before I write this? And what's the most exciting part? Make sure it's in there. If there's no exciting part, stop, add one in, and then uh, then continue on. Okay. So um, she says, focus on your cool hooks during the planning minutes. Something must excite you or be cool. All right. Um, she says, if writing feels like pulling teeth, you're doing it wrong. So she says, um, and... She said, and then to, to recap, it says, if your goal is to become a faster writer, the single most efficient change you can make isn't actually upping your daily word count, but eliminating the days when you're not writing and eliminating those scenarios where you're not writing enthusiastically. It's a big part of that. Okay. Um, one of the other great takeaways from this book, which I really enjoyed, was she talked about the topic of character agency. Um, a character's agency means that the character's story essentially comes from choices and a character with agency will basically write their own story because they are the key component of the story. They're acting on the world. The world is reacting as a result of them being in it. Um, and this was something that resonated particularly well with me right now because I'm writing a novella, and it's a prequel novella, and I'm, I have two particular characters that are going to show up in book one, and I wanted to sort of reveal their backstory. And they're, they're crucial characters in book one. They have much, a lot of agency there. They, without them, the story would go completely differently. 
However, I realized in my struggle to write this prequel novella, I knew where they needed to end up. Um, you know, obviously right before the start of book one. And I was telling these kind of individual little stories of what happens to them, but globally, for the picture, for the big picture of that story, I wasn't getting excited about that particular novel. I'm like, well, this is this is a prequel novella. Like, this has to be the best possible writing I've got to draw people into the series, etc. And I was struggling with why that wasn't the case, why I wasn't feeling super amped about it. And this particular takeaway um, helps me with this. She says, take your favorite book and remove the main character completely. Has it changed the story? Then apply that to your books. So I thought that was interesting. She used the example of you know Harry Potter, I think. And she said, if you remove Harry Potter from the story, what changes? Well, Voldemort wins and the whole world gets, gets wrecked because Harry wasn't there to change it. It's sort of the uh, George Bailey scenario. Like, if George Bailey were not born, you know, what happens? <laughs> you know, we get Potterville. You know, instead of having um, Bedford Falls, we now have Pottersville, and, and that's terrible. So if you look at your particular story and say, okay, if I were to remove my main protagonist from this story, what would happen? What, how would the, ch- the pieces on the chessboard move differently without that one there to, to that key component? And if the answer is nothing changes, then there's a problem um, because you need to, your character needs to have a, have a point. It needs to have agency. So character agency means that your character needs to fill a fundamental role in the story. Otherwise, it's not their story. So for me, that was a, a big uh, you know spotlight on a particular flaw that I'm dealing with right now. Uh, Marilyn says hi, hi Marilyn. Uh, David waves hello. So thank you for for chiming in, guys. I appreciate you. Um, saying hello. But yeah, so character agency was another thing that, that I took away from, from this book. And I will plan to approach my novel writing and my outlining with that particular thing in mind. Like As I write the story, I will occasionally just remove my character mentally from the story and say, well, what happens if they're not here? What, what changes? And if nothing changes, then they don't have enough agency. So I need, when you put them back in there, something's got to be different. Um, so that was, that was, that was huge. That basically solved my novellas problem because I was writing these two independent little stories, these backstories essentially for these two characters showing up in book one. But if I removed them from the novella itself, the overall flow of the story would have still led to book one. And I need to change that. I need to fix something so that they are the reason why this novella occurs. Um, so that was, that was big for me. So, um, that was, that was something that was, these are kind of the main the main things. Oh, this is another one that I think was really good. Um, When she talks about her overall structure, um, she used a phrase called the two-bird minimum. And the two-bird minimum means that um, basically, you've all heard the phrase, two birds with one stone, is that she wants to make her writing more efficient, not just by writing more faster, but by writing more efficiently as well. Because sometimes... The case of a novella uh, is a good good example. You can't just overwhelm the story with content. You can't just write more to solve the problem. Sometimes you have to write less to solve the problem. And the solution to that is to make your scenes work harder. Basically, uh, you have the option to potentially combine scenes, uh, combine characters into scenes so that more happens in the story. Um, one of the things that she 
talks about for her two bird minimum is that she, when she looks at her scenes, when she's designing them and, and trying to figure out what's going to happen in this scene, she asks that they do three things for her. Uh, one is it has, the scene has to advance the story. The scene has to reveal new information and it has to pull the reader forward. If the scene doesn't do all three of those things, it's not working hard enough for her. Um, in this case, you know, her two bird minimum is actually a three bird minimum. So she needs to, needs to do all three of those things, or she needs to combine other elements into that scene so that that happens. Um, because you don't have all day to get your reader through this story. Uh, if you want to keep up good pacing, if you want to be efficient, to be able to cover all the exciting things that you want to have included in this book, it pays to you know, target that uh, those goals in each scene and make sure that the story continues to flow in an efficient manner. So that was another great uh, takeaway. Um, she, there's there's a, just a lot of good content in this this book. Highly recommend it to everyone. Uh, if you are trying to learn to write faster and be more efficient, uh, there's a <clears throat> sort of a misconception out there in the world that writing faster means that you have to somehow sacrifice quality. And that is absolutely not the case. Uh, just because you took 10 years to write a book doesn't mean that it's a better book. It just means that you were less efficient with your time. And you, you came probably to the same conclusions, but just much more slowly. And it doesn't mean, mean that's actually any good. Um, it, the, the amount of time it takes you to write the book is, is irrelevant when it comes to the, to the quality of the book. It's just how much, you know, how, how well have you constructed it? And if you take the time... In this case, for example, to plan your scenes in advance, to make sure that your scenes are working for you, and, and you know they've got their two bird minimum each time, and you're 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 structuring it right from the get go. You're not wasting words, and you're not having to go back and then revise stuff that you've already written before, and and just add that stuff back in because you realize it was missing the first time. So I think that was the big takeaway from for me. Um, I've known this. I mean, I've read other books on, on writing faster. Uh, 5,000 Words Per Hour by Chris Fox was, was good. Um, and, of course, he, I think, referred to this one as well. So 2K to 10K by Rachel Aaron, Not in addition to being a, a book on efficiency, is also a book on craft, which I love. Because one of the, the ways to write faster is also to write better. By writing better, we do less work on revision. We do less work on editing, and we have we are writing cleaner drafts right from the start, which is important. So for me, that was that was a big um, takeaway. Any any way that I can not waste words is a win for me because I am a slow typist. Because I am um, pinched on time. Otherwise, you know, we all are. We are. We're all busy. We've got families. We've got other um, commitments, etc. And we need to be able to be efficient with our time. So. Um, anyway, that, these are the main the main takeaways. So I hope that you guys got some information about that that was useful. I highly recommend the book. I did include a link in the comments uh, if you want to pick it up at your retailer of choice and check out this book. And as I said before, I am not in any way affiliated with the book. These are not an affiliate links or anything like that. I get nothing from you buying this book other than the satisfaction of knowing that I helped uh, guide you toward a uh, excellent read that helped me out a lot. So. So big takeaways, knowledge, time, and uh, enthusiasm. Make sure that you're knowing what you write before you write it. Uh, keep track of your, those word counts. Get, keep that. Uh, find out what the most efficient times you're uh, producing this kind of work. And then um, make sure you keep, keep adding in those things you love to your books and your scenes so that you can uh, keep producing books that are, are riveting. Um, 
added another link to the uh, comment section. So if anyone wants to check it out, or if you just want to scroll farther down the page, I also created a survey this morning for uh, Book Faces Live. One of the reasons I wanted to pop on today, uh, in addition to just do one of these, you know, takeaway episodes, was also to encourage you guys to give me feedback as well. If there are things that you like about the show, there are things that you would love to see done differently about the show. Um, feel free to fill out my survey and check it out. Um, you will have the opportunity to win a, a gift card to a book retailer of your choice. Um, once a month, I'm going to be giving away a $10 gift card for somebody to buy a, a book and go pick up their next book on me um, as a thank you for filling out the reader survey. So uh, this, the viewer survey is going to tell uh, me more information about what your expectations are of this show, uh, directions you'd like to see it go, um, things you... You know, maybe constructive feedback if you have any, or just things that you like, and just maybe just to confirm some things. Like, do you like the format of the show? Do you like the length of the show? Um, things like that that I have questions about. Because as I move forward with this webcast and with this podcast, I would like to know that I'm um, doing it efficiently and meeting the needs of the viewers and the audience. And if those audience needs are changing, I want to be able to adapt and and uh, serve your needs. Uh, more efficiently. So if you have time, check out the survey link in the comments. I would appreciate it. And uh, hopefully you will be the winner of the $10 gift card this month. And I will continue to do that drawing every month. And uh, for everyone who participates, you will just be continuously in the giveaway. You may have it. Even if you don't win this month, you might win three months from now because your name will still be on the list. So uh, thank you for for taking the time to fill out that survey and give me some feedback. That's much much appreciated. So uh, that's it for today. Fairly, fairly short little episode, but I want to um, encourage you to check back again this week. Two more great episodes, like I said, on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. We'll be talking to Dan Wood from draft to digital all about uh, formatting and distribution of your books to various platforms and how that works. They also have the handy universal book link tool. If you're not already familiar with how to create a universal book link for your books, it's a great way to make sure that readers are being directed to the proper store uh, to pick up your work. So for example, if you've got a reader in the UK, you send them to the US store, they're just gonna have to reroute themselves back to the US or the UK store and it's inefficient. You might lose potential buyers that way. So check out Universal Book Links. And then on Friday, uh, Chrissy Monroe from Kobo will be sharing us the, the inside scoop on Kobo Writing Life, the platform for self-publishers uh, to use for getting their work on Kobo. And uh, Chrissy's a wonderful human being and can't wait to chat with her on Friday. So check that, check back uh, Friday afternoon for that episode. Yeah, so you'll have lots of content to consume this week. And uh, as always, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to listen and to watch the show, to say hello and, and leave comments. And um, like I said, I appreciate all of your your enthusiasm, and I look forward to your responses to the survey, and also just to, to having you guys as listeners. So I will see you back again on Wednesday. Hope you have a fantastic week.